The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Today, we're going to be talking about low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Yes, that's right. Everybody has it. They just have it in different capacities of their life. Some people are very confident in some areas. Some people are not in other areas, and it affects everything that we do as far as communication and how we correspond with each other, how we interact, how we, uh, how our, our body language is, how we uh, position ourselves with people, and uh, how our ego operates to create a... Uh, uh, a shield or a image of who we are rather than who we are. And so low self-esteem is something that can affect people enormously. Uh, there are many people that go through life with it, and, and you first have to understand what it is before you can actually manage it and deal with it. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, people with genuinely low self-esteem, uh, it's, it's a poor self-image, low confidence. They, they've been insensitively lumped together uh, with uh, bullies, narcissists, criminals, and child abusers. And uh, the, the truth is, is that yes, there, there is low self-esteem with people that do that kind of stuff. But the deal is low self-esteem is not necessarily mean you are in that category of kind of people. Bullies, narcissists, criminals, child abusers. What it means is you may operate just with low confidence, a poor self-image of yourself. You know, research has found that uh, low self-esteem people tend to treat themselves badly and not other people. And, uh, you know, they generally uh, are uh, people that may stop people that are bullies and abusers. Uh, however, their image of their self is so bad that they don't operate well in the, around the people that love them and around work and around places where they're looked at as experts. Much of it uh, can begin with your body image and how you uh, appear and how you feel you appear. And many people are what are called dysformic, where they, they, they have a disformed image of themselves rather than the self that everybody sees. You know, uh, artificial uh, and uh, ineffective focusing on lifting self-esteem doesn't raise uh, a person's image. It doesn't raise their academic performance over the long run. But what it does maybe is temporarily raise self-esteem. So if you win a game, it may have a lasting effect for a few days, but it's not going to dramatically raise it up. So events are, are not the best way to gain a hold on low self-esteem. And uh, too much high or too much high self-esteem is also uh, linked to criminality. So people that have too much of it 
can actually be very destructive. You know, it, it's now clear it, it, that it can be a big problem. Disguising a, a form of a, a low self-esteem may be a way that a person personifies themselves with a high self-esteem. And they walk around as if they know everything and, and, and uh, have all the answers, but they really don't. And it's sad, but there are a lot of people that operate that way. And that, in psychological terms, is called the ego. So while I'm stumbling all over myself here, let's uh, just look at the characteristics of genuine low self-esteem. Uh, first and foremost is social withdrawal. Social withdrawal is usually the case. You will notice that people that are normally extremely social will begin to pull back and away from being social because they don't feel like they're acceptable to others. Um, usually there's a lot of anxiety and emotional turmoil in a person like this, and usually it's, it's within themselves and towards their loved ones. Also, uh, lack of social skills and self-confidence, depression, bouts of sadness are found in people with low self-esteem. So we're looking at the symptoms of low self-esteem. Eating disorders is a very common issue with people with low self-esteem, whether it's eating too much or eating too little. Also, the, the biggest one, and this is the one that predators love to play on, is people that aren't able to accept compliments. I, I just wish people would be smart. If you're going to be out in public and someone's going to take the time to give you a compliment, just say thank you. Even, even if you don't believe it, say thank you. Because what you're doing is you say, oh, no, not really. Oh, that's not true. Oh, I'm glad you think that, but it's just not the case. What that is, is that means it's very hard to give you a compliment. And it means that a person will see you better than you see yourself. And what you're doing is you're revealing that you're vulnerable. And that reveals that you have a low self-esteem. So if you're a girl, let's say, and you inter you're introducing yourself or introduced to somebody in a social situation and you're single and you don't take a compliment, the guy that's giving you a compliment is reading, hey, I see her better than she sees herself. And if I see her better than she sees herself, all I have to do is dish out a bunch of compliments and bing, bang, boom, I might get exactly what I want. And so a lot of women don't understand and a lot of people don't understand the value of taking a compliment because that is a di direct reflection on your personal self-esteem. So just say thank you. Just say thank you. It's no big deal. Don't be so high maintenance. If it's your husband, your wife giving you a compliment, your family, your loved ones, just say thank you. Stop making it so hard for people to give you a compliment. You, you're, you're too high maintenance and you're pushing them away. Also, uh, another symptom of people with low self-esteem is the inability to see yourself uh, squarely, meaning being fair to yourself. You over, may uh, over-criticize yourself so much that the people that need the criticism aren't getting it from you. Also, uh, people with low self-esteem tend to accentuate the negative, and that is a very common issue where the glass is always half empty, and they will continue down that track. And these, once again, these are indicators of people with low self-esteem. Exaggerated concern over what you imagine other people think is another uh, uh, part of low self-esteem. Uh, people with low self-esteem actually think people think about them more often than they do. Uh, the truth is they, they are far too worried about how their image is with other people. Also, self-neglect is a very common issue with people with low self-esteem. So they don't take care of themselves and they begin to... Uh, stink, they may look bad, they may not uh, look, they may look strange, 
And the reason is they're pushing people away so that there's only certain people that will look at them and accept them for who they are. And uh, it's a way to, to do that. Now, if you look at children, for example, it's very common for children that have been uh, sexually abused, and, and this is going on a real far uh, uh, cliff here, but the deal is, is that kids that have this low self-esteem and low sexual image because they've been molested tend to pee and poop until they're 10, 15 years old. They tend to, to do that in their pants, in their beds, up into middle-age childhood and maybe even past that. And that is a defense mechanism to make themselves gross to people that want to touch them and do things with them because that's what's happened to them and that will protect them in their mind. So people with low self-esteem will dress down, look poor, you know, maybe have BO, whatever, but they do that to keep people away. Also, um, they have a common issue of treating themselves badly and uh, over-criticizing. And they also wor worry whether they've treated others badly. And they spend a lot of time ruminating on how people see them. Uh, they're also reluctant to take on challenges, and they're reluctant to, to put themselves first. They're uh, reluctant to trust their own opinion, and so they don't take responsibilities. They may follow other people, but they don't really take ownership. And they also expect little out of life for themselves. This is very common symptoms of low self-esteem. Um, childhood abuse also is huge in what increases the likelihood of a person suffering from low self-esteem in their life. You know, people who are abused as children, like uh, physical beatings or, or sexual abuse, are more likely to suffer. They've learned that they are of little value to themselves or j just an object to be used. They've been brainwashed by constant criticism or abuse that, that they are a certain way. And when a person begins uh, to question their former conditioning or, or uh, brainwashing to be a healthier, more accurate sense of self, it's extremely difficult for them because they've seen this warped view that their parents saw, that their siblings saw, that their relatives saw, that their friends saw when they were growing up. Also, um, the people that have low self-esteem also usually have a bombardment of uh, negative messages about themselves. And so when you treat someone with low self-esteem, what you want to do is begin to hyper-stimulate them to positive regard. And positive regard, believe it or not, is something that we crave. And what is positive regard? Positive regard is focusing on the good things in people, focusing on people's talents, people's abilities, people's looks, people, places where people could accelerate or do accelerate. And when we surround ourselves with people that look at the possibilities in us, we begin to believe in ourselves. So, um, also, you know, it, it's good to have a little more uncertainty about ourselves. It's always good to question ourselves. It's really bad to obsess on questioning ourselves. And that's where the person with low self-esteem comes in. They tend to obsess on this. And, uh, you know, we have to look at the contribution to low self-esteem. And uh, we have to look at human needs and what drives low self-esteem. And that is the need to give and receive attention. Uh, we have this as human beings. These are common needs that if they're not met, we develop low self-esteem. Uh, the need to look after your body. The need for meaning and purpose and goals. The meaning of your life. 
um, the need for creativity and stimulation, uh, the need for intimacy and connection to others, the need for a sense of control, the need for a sense of status and recognition from others, and also the need for a sense of safety and security. You know, of course, it's, it's likely that at any one time, one or more of these may be slightly lacking in your life without dire consequences. However, in the long term, they must all be catered for one, in one way or another for one to not suffer from low self-esteem. And so if we focus on these things, the give and receive, looking of your body, the meaning and purpose of your life, the connection to something greater, creativity, intimacy, sense of control, sense of status, sense of safety. If we can believe in those, within, those things within ourselves, we can feel whole. And you don't have to have those things to have, you don't have to have another person to have those things. You can have them to yourself. And that's so critical to understand that. Also, healthy pleasures are vital. Uh, when you have a healthy level of self-esteem, th then you find it easier to actually forget about yourself. You, you actually think about, you know, you don't think about your toe and you don't think about your stomach and you don't think about your headache. When you have a healthy self-esteem, you prod on, you keep going. You have a much better endurance because you're not focused on the barriers in front of you. And this is where low self-esteem cripples people's lives because everything becomes a barrier to them with low self-esteem. Also, uh, Make the most of success if, if you have a low self-esteem. You want to push up uh, an attitude of success and that you feel good about something. Don't write off what you do as something that happened by chance. What you want to do is celebrate your successes. And that's huge when it comes to fixing the low self-esteem. That, that, that image of yourself will kill you if you, if you focus on the negatives. You know, and it's not just about positive thinking. It, it can be useful to be a positive thinker and focusing on successes. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we see people starting to argue with themselves because they don't believe that the positives can actually happen. So, you know, we need to be realistic in our contributions and take responsibility for our contributions in life. But we also need to understand how important we are. You know, many people, will, I've heard people talk about raising their children. Well, I really just raised them. I don't have much to do with who they are as people, but, you know, I raised them. Well, I'm sorry, but if you raise children, you are going to influence your children and you need to take credit for their successes just as much as your own. And so it's huge. Um, and people with low self-esteem tend to uh, uh, encourage others and, and be givers in every kind of way. But when it comes to themselves, they just don't think of themselves. You know, uh, if you're not for yourself, then who else will be for yourself? You have got to be for yourself. To change your image and, and improve low self-esteem, you need to believe in an alternative opinion of yourself through experience, not just re you know, repeat platitudes about how great you are. That's silly. But you know, after all the words, you once again, you have to give to yourself before you give to other people. And that is a critical, critical component of, uh, of fixing low self-esteem. Now, we're going to talk about how this affects children and, and uh, teens also. Now, children and teens, when you see them with low self-esteem, what happens is they are shy, they're withdrawn, they're quiet, they're insecure. Some of them are overachieving. A lot of them commonly have negative attitudes. They're unhappy. They're socially inept. 
uh, they're angry or hostile much of the time, unmotivated, depressed. Uh, they're, they're followers, poor self-image. Uh, they're not big risk takers. They lack a lot of self-confidence. They have terrible communication skills, and they act out. And these are common symptoms, and not all of them are going to fit one person, but these are common symptoms in children and teens that have low self-esteem. Now, in children, it should be noted that on average, self-esteem during childhood is found to be relatively high. However, there are individual differences, and some children are unfortunate to experience feelings of low self-esteem. Low self-esteem in children tends to be related to physical punishment and withholding of love and affection by parents. And Carl Rogers, the guy who uh, invented in, in the psychological world the term of uh, positive self-regard, would describe this condition as positive regard, whether by, whereby individuals only receive positive attention from significant others, such as parents. And when they act in a certain way, this reinforces the child that they're only a person of value when they act a certain way like uh, achieving A grades on a test in a class. Children with low self-esteem rely on coping strategies that are counterproductive. And what we, where we see this is, is in bullying, in quitting, in cheating, and avoiding. All, although children will display some of these behaviors at some times, low self-esteem is strongly indicated when these behaviors appear to be uh, with a regular uh, uh, regularity. The deal is also, uh, kids with low self-esteem, you know, with bullying, uh, with quitting, with cheating, they, they, they have a fear of failure. They also have the deep need for power. And so when you're treating kids like this, you really have to focus on what do they need and why are they behaving this way? What is it that they are not getting that they need? And so the fear of failure and reframing what failure is and, and understanding the impact of the bullying that is very helpful to kids as far as stopping their behavior and correcting it. The earlier you get to low self-esteem, the faster and better you're going to get results in children. And so that's where we're at right now. We're going to talk about teens and low self-esteem. Uh, we're going to go on into other issues like working with children with low self-esteem, how to correct it. And uh, we'll go on into other stuff like relationships and how this factors in and how it factors into life. So tune on in. Come back. We're taking a break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about teens and uh, low self-esteem. A lovely topic, a very motivating topic for everyone, I'm sure it is. But unfortunately, those of us in the human race that actually exist on this planet do experience low self-esteem throughout the course of our lives. And that's why this topic is extremely important. And I don't mean to uh, go into a lot of details as I did earlier as as outlining symptomology and how you can indicate someone with low self-esteem. But the deal is if you don't know who you are and what what really is happening, you don't want to fix it. And you don't understand you got a problem. So the symptoms are extremely important to uh, grab onto. You know, low self-esteem in teenagers... uh, continues, actually self-esteem itself continues to decline in adolescence, uh, particularly for girls. Uh, Girls, uh, you know, if you look at the research, it's it's a decline to body image and other problems associated to puberty that uh, affects a girl's self-esteem, especially somewhere around the 10 to 13, maybe 14-year-old period because we're talking about the time when their period comes, and that is a very strange thing for a girl. It's kind of yucky. It's kind of different for them. Uh, it changes how they look at their body. Also, the, the forming of their breasts and uh, the beginning to compare how things are on their equipment compared to other people's equipment and other girls' equipment. And that can be extremely strange for them. And, and all of a sudden, the power of their sexuality uh, comes forward when boys stop going yuck and start going, ooh, I want that. And so that, that sense of being attractive uh, is very important to them, and they start to understand this is the place where I have power in my life. And so a puberty for girls in particular is very, very delicate period for self-esteem. And uh, if they feel popular, generally they're going to, it's going to drive up their self-esteem. And if they don't feel popular and they don't feel like they have the equipment or going to have the equipment or begin to predict they're not going to have it, they begin to develop low self-esteem. And that's something that has to be reinforced. Their attractiveness needs to be reinforced by parents and by family, by loved ones, by anybody. They need to let them know what they have and how valuable it is and how important it is to believe in themselves and learn how to say no. Because if they don't get that lesson and they have the equipment, then you're sure enough going to be raising their kids uh, in the teen years. You know, although boys and girls report similar levels of, of self-esteem during childhood, the, a gender a gap emerges by adolescence that adolescence boys have higher self-esteem than adolescence girls. And these are studies that have been going on for, you know, 10, 10 15, 20 years. Um, the study I'm, I'm particularly looking at is a Robbins study from 2002. Girls with low self-esteem appear to be more vulnerable uh, to perceptions of uh, body image perpetuated by Western media uh, through messages such as airbrushed models, magazine covers, uh, what they see on Entertainment Tonight, what they see on television. Uh, those kind of images are very perplexing because girls cannot keep up. How can you compete with stuff that's airbrushed? I mean, really? 
That is so hard to do. And these models that are toothpicks that are size one or less to compete with that and, and to live in that and to go home and be eating, uh, you know, mashed potatoes and cornbread and all kinds of stuff. It's very hard on a kid because they can't develop the kind of body that are on these magazines and they don't understand the sacrifice that it takes. And actually, it's kind of strange to look at when you see people that are on these magazines in person because usually they don't look like they look in the magazines. Teens with low self-esteem, uh, it, it's, a, it's a thinking disorder in which individual views themselves as inadequate, unlovable, incompetent. And, and this, once formed, this negative view permeates every thought, producing faulty assumptions and ongoing self-defeating behavior. Among high school students, 44% of girls and 15% of guys are attempting to lose weight. Over 70% of girls age 15 to 17 avoid normal daily activities such as attending school when they feel bad about their looks. Uh, you know, you want to brighten someone's day by posting encouraging messages on your, uh, you know, about them. And, and more than 40% of boys in middle school and high school regularly exercise with the goal of increasing muscle mass. 75% of girls with low self-esteem reported engaging in negative activities like cutting, bullying, smoking, drinking, and uh, dis disordered type of eating. And this compares to 25% of girls with high self-esteem. Um, you know, <laughs> you want to suck less in life, but you don't want to go to the the most extremes in trying to make your body perfect because your body is an ongoing project through the course of your life. What you want to do is get it in the ballpark. What you want to get it is something that you're happy with. And you don't want to have expectations that are unreasonable. If you don't have the time to work out, then you have to make time to work out, but you don't have to obsess on it. About 20% of teens will experience depression before they reach adulthood and that's huge because depression is crippling and what is depression depression is a thought disorder it's it's unmet expectations it's the thoughts of things that are unreasonable that we begin to believe that we should be like the uh, magazine model we should be like this beautiful person and we're not and, and we're not there yet and uh, once again we're a work in project so if we're gonna compare ourselves to things that that we're not we're going to destroy our self-esteem and, and become extremely depressed. Also, um, the top wish reported among all teen girls is for their parents to communicate better with them. And this includes frequent and more open conversations and positive communication. 38% in this study of boys in middle school and high school reported using protein supplements and nearly 6% admitted to experimenting with steroids. Now, once again, this is directly correlated to poor self-esteem. Seven in ten girls believe that they're not good enough or don't measure up in some way, including their looks, performance in school, and relationships with friends and family members. You know, a girl's self-esteem is more strongly related to how she views their body and their weight than how much they actually weigh. And that is the truth. And that is sad. But self-esteem and self-worth and self-respect are, are, are interchangeable phrases we use to identi identify the feeling of everything with being okay. 
that we're going to be all right. You know, kids' self-esteem is constantly being challenged because they are constantly challenged with new things to experience. And every day in a child's life, there are new opportunities and new tasks to deal with. And so their self-esteem, their, their sense of, I can handle it, is constantly being put to test. And this goes with regular people, too. But uh, to state it simply, if your child is able to deal with things, and if they have support, and they learn how to solve life problems, their sense of self-esteem will grow. But if they don't know how to manage this, and their self-esteem diminishes, and in fact doesn't develop the way it should, and then they begin to grow strangely. <laughs> you can't feel your way to better behavior, but you can behave your way to better feelings. So one of the critical truths you need to know about your child's self-esteem is that you cannot fix it as a parent because you'll go crazy. You'll drive your kid crazy and you'll find yourself having screaming arguments and fights trying to make all the pieces fit so that they don't experience any discomfort. And instead, what you have to learn is how to give your child the tools to deal with their problems and to make no bones about it in this world how we have self-esteem is a problem all we, that we have to solve, and we have to solve it every day. It's an ongoing problem that we have to resolve every day. And remember, dealing with something is often the solution. And if your child fails a test, the best thing they can do is handle it emotionally by recognizing they're in control of getting a better grade the next time. Stop trying to control something you cannot control, because that is called psychosis, and that will drive you crazy. So they need, you know, kids learn, and one of the huge life lessons they have to learn to have good self-esteem is how not to take their disappointment out on other people, to not beat themselves up, to, to, to just try again, to get back up and try again. And parents need to be con concerned about self-esteem, but in a way that empowers them to teach their kids how to handle these skills and develop these skills. You know, if you're rewarding your kids for things that are artificial, understand this. Those artificial rewards don't build genuine self-esteem. At best, they build artificial self-esteem, which means your child feels better for a few minutes, but then goes downhill when the realistic challenges of life surfaces again. So if you're still telling your child, nice job for tying their shoelaces when they're eight years old, that's not going to accomplish anything. It may be a nice thing to do, but it's always important to give your kids encouragement as, as often as you can. But since tying their shoes isn't hard for them, that would not develop self-esteem by giving them compliments like that. If your goal is to show your child how to build self-esteem, to learn how to manage problems, to feel good about themselves, that kind of praise is not going to get you anywhere. What you want to do is you want to focus on how they're handling life problems that are of the age-appropriate time and compliment. That means you have to be engaged with your kids. You can't just take a back seat and hope that life is teaching them. You also have to challenge the thinking that creates low self-esteem. And if you want to challenge a child whose behavioral issues and self-esteem problems are, are um, you have to confront the thinking they use to justify inappropriate behavior. And, and here's, that's, here's kind of what it would look like. Let's say your child has an excuse for why they didn't do their homework. And as a parent, um, basically, 
we are looking at them and uh, you want to get them to complete their assignment. You're wanting them to know that giving you an excuse is not going to help and you want to challenge that kind of faulty belief. Now, here's the excuse. Here's how to excuse making breaks down in relationship to self-esteem. Imagine that one child goes to school without their homework done while another child has done the day's assignment. The student who hasn't finished their math homework feels bad. The, uh, he's angry. He's frustrated. Uh, they, they watch the other kids hand in their homework, and then their teacher says, where's your homework? And uh, she doesn't listen to his shoes. She just gives him a poor grade. So Ben, let's say this person named Ben feels worse. Later on that day, when he sees a counselor, they talk about his homework problem and the goal of getting Ben to feel good, hoping he'll do the homework if he feels better. And then when Ben walks out of the counselor's office, he's feeling okay, but within 30 minutes, he fails to hand in the science homework, and he's frustrated and angry again. That night when he goes home, he hasn't learned anything new, and the cycle starts all over again. And this is a problem. You want them to complete what they start. If you're going to start something, you need to complete it. And it's critical for people to engage that with their children. If they don't learn that, they have a hard time with life. You know, the child who completes their homework has every reason to feel good about themselves. They're mastering something. They're on top of their responsibilities. And so that night when they go home, they simply do their homework again. And they may not understand how powerful their actions are. But in reality, they're learning successful habits that breed self-esteem. And without a doubt, the more people learn how to be independent and do things independently, the higher their self-esteem is. And this is critical. In fact, if you tested kids with solid self-esteem, you would find that they score high on independence and high on problem-solving skills. You know, I believe that independence is one of the most important characteristics a child can have. But parents don't realize that because no one tells them the truth. Many parents try to make their child like every other kid. When in reality, if you honor their individuality but you hold them accountable for responsibilities, you are building independence. And, and this, this quality is what will get them through life. So if your child has low self-esteem, it's not about what you say as a parent. The truth is you can't say any one thing to make their situation better. Instead, you have to have an organized approach on how you're going to help your child manage their self-esteem because this problem they need to solve in life just like coming home on time and meeting uh, basic responsibilities. So the real question is what should your role be? And there are roles that, are, that you can take. There's a teaching role and that's just what it sounds like. You, you actually teach your child how to solve problems. So when you see your child isn't feeling good about their self, one of the things you want to do immediately is help them figure out what's causing the lack of self-worth. You're not looking for an answer like, I had a tough time when I was three. You want to find out what's going on now, what's happening today, and then find out what they need to do to address the problem. Are they late on an assignment? Is someone picking on them in school? Did they do something they're not proud of? Whatever it is, but the whole idea of life is to get to a point with your emotions where you can experience them but also put them in their proper place while you have to do things. You cannot let your emotions run your life.
The next thing is a coaching role that parents need to take. And this, this is to coach your child with the skills they already have, just like the coach of a sport would do. For example, if your child is good, is, is going through a, a, a tough time and learning a new task that, that's proving to be very challenging, try coaching them by saying things like, you've solved this kind of problem before, you'll solve it again. Cite examples when they've solved these kind of problems so that they have a model to follow. What did you do the last time that worked for you? You've handled this before. It's going to be okay. So you want to reassure them. You know, you want to let them know it's, it's okay now. You've had the skill. You can do it. Here's how I've done it. Here's how, what you might try. You know, giving them coaching is extremely important, but not trying to solve it for them. Also, there's a limit-setting role that you have to set forward, and, and this should be very clear, even when they're having self-esteem issues. So you can say, I'm sorry if you're sad or frustrated and don't feel good about yourself right now, but we're not going to lose sight of the fact that you have to do your homework. That is your job. I'm sorry you're feeling this way, but you can't take it out on, on, with your anger and frustration on me or your sister or your family. You know, give your child appropriate consequences, but work with them to learn how to solve the problem. Keep them focused on the problem rather than trying to answer their distractions. And uh, when kids with low self-esteem uh, don't have appropriate limits placed on them, the acting out behavior is going to be their go-to distraction to get you off task and not get their homework done. So misbehaving becomes their problem-solving skill because they've gotten a problem they can't deal with. They misbehave and strike out at others, and then everybody responds to that rather than focuses on what's not getting done. So realize that there is some place in an out-of-control child's mind where they know this isn't really right. Realize that they think they're weird and they think they're bad. And when I say to a kid, well, you know, you get in trouble a lot, but your brother doesn't, what do you think that's going to do? It's going to make them feel bad. You're, you're getting them, you're addressing negative behavior, but you're not getting them on task. Every child needs to be gotten on task task and that is important so teach your child how to identify the problem at hand guide them and set limits these are huge boundary setting activities that you have to do in raising a child with low self-esteem okay we're going to go into relationships and uh, fixing self-image in relationships and fixing self-image within our own adult life we're going to take a break and come right back us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You 
are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. All right, we're talking about low self-esteem in relationships. And it's very important to really look at this because low self-esteem is crippling to a relationship. I don't know if you've ever dealt with somebody who's had low self-esteem where one didn't and one did. But, oh, my God, the burden on a relationship is unbelievable. Um, to have a partner that you're always having to prop up, always, 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 that is just terrible to go through. So one of the things you want to do is you want to take that on, whether it is in counseling uh, or in discussions and open communication with your partner and how difficult they're making the relationship by questioning everything about themselves and everything about you and everything about life. It, it can drive you crazy. you know. So here's some ways to uh, look at or, or symptoms in a relationship to show how low self-confidence is uh, affecting. You know, one of the things that uh, makes us attractive is having high self-esteem. And so, you know, the attraction in a relationship can be gravely impacted by uh, partners not feeling like they are looking good. Um, you know, they, if they feel like they've dressed up but they don't like how they look as a person, that can affect them directly. So, you know, it's important in a relationship to remind each other and, and, and without solicitation to give each other compliments. And uh, the most important thing about it, uh, giving compliments, is being real. You know, being down to earth and real. And, and that is a, a huge, huge thing that you have to do. If you're ever going to be in a relationship, don't give compliments to your partner give real compliments and do it out of the blue and don't ask them to solicit it from you you know um, if you want love to last here's some things that you need to uh, really focus on that low self-confidence is, is very limiting if, you, if your self-confidence is too low you'll be unable to ask for what you want or set limits on what you don't want also self-confidence is empowering Becoming self-confident allows you to be assertive. You ask for what you want. Set limits on what you don't want. And, and that includes asking for a, a, a commitment that's, and, and if that's what you have to have, ask for it. You know, the d deal about self-love is learning how to say no to things that hurt you. If, if something is not good, does not fit your life, or if your partner is doing something good that is not fitting your life, you are protecting your relationship by challenging your partner. You're not challenging your partner. What you're doing is you're working to correct your relationship. Many people take uh, um, criticism or things, you know, representing boundaries as a negative thing. It's a positive thing. You're working on the relationship. I'm doing this for our relationship. I'm doing this because I love us and I want us to be together. You know, the other thing is you've got to realize how stressful low self-esteem 
it creates anxiety. Uh, please, and, and you hide behind your own thoughts and feelings to avoid disagreements. You'll create a very passive-aggressive communication where you're one minute uh, just fine, and your partner thinks you're just fine, and the next you're a psycho because you're dealing with things uh, that have built up inside you that you've never expressed. And the other thing is self-esteem is an expression in itself. It means that you're okay with thoughts and feelings. You're okay to be wrong. Uh, you, you have no problem revealing who you are because you feel good about yourself. And you're able to tolerate people's differences. You're able to tolerate people that agree or disagree because everybody's entitled to their perception. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And so what we want to do is if we want to have self-esteem, we have to understand that not everybody thinks like us, and we can. We're not here in this world to make other people think like us. Also, self-respect. Uh, you know, where you feel deserved to be treated respectfully and considerately. If you believe that, then you have a right to tell people how to communicate with you. I'm not going to listen to you if you're going to talk to me like this. I'm, I, I refuse to be spoken to like this. If this is the way it's going to be, then I am not going to participate until you've decided that you're going to treat me with self-respect, with respect, because I respect myself enough not to put myself through this. Also, you know, with low self-confidence, you, you may be projecting neediness and, and desperation, and that's just not sexy. And, and so in a relationship, your self-confidence also personifies your attractiveness. And uh, self-confidence is very sexy. You know, when you are an attractive person and you are self-confidence, the world is your oyster because basically you're able to show the world that you believe in yourself and that you know that someone likes you and you know that people love you. You know, you, you could have the most disastrous body in the world, but the deal is if you personify yourself with self-confidence, you're, you're very valuable. You're extremely valuable to life and to people. Now, self-confidence doesn't mean overconfidence. Self-confidence means that you know what you're doing and, and you're enjoying life and you appreciate other people's opinion. And the truth is, the most powerful person in the room is the person who's listening. The person who's listening is always the most powerful person, not the person who's speaking. Also, you have to understand that low self-esteem involves fear. Now, we're, we're, we're basically looking at how it impacts relationships. Fear, you know, you'll be tr afraid to trust or to show your vulnerability, and you'll become very self-protective. And the deal is fear-based people are going against the flow of life because life itself is a faith-based project. It's a faith-based opportunity, and you have to take chances in life, and you have to be wrong in life, and you have to accept that. We, we don't have all the answers, and the deal is, if we live in fear, our life is going to be miserable because we go slowly, we question everything, and the deal is, in a relationship, you can love someone and not trust them, but trust, if it's there, love always follows. Love will always follow trust. And so in a relationship, you in counseling and you in improving a relationship, if you want it to improve, you have to improve trust. Trust is the thermometer for every relationship. Every argument you will ever have in life with your partner 
will have to do with trust issues. And so if you're going to attack trust in a relationship, you are going to destroy it. If you're going to do things that you don't even trust yourself, you're going to destroy your relationship and create lots of, of arguments. Also, um, you know, you feel whatever you focus on. If you focus on what is amazing, you know, the, the, if you focus that you're extremely sexy, um, the opposite of that will be true too. You know, if you, you project too much self-confidence or too much, uh, you may actually project yourself to be something that you're not. And that may be a detractor. So you have to be very careful with self-esteem. Once again, self-esteem has everything to do with being real. You are, you'll have to understand that your beliefs determine your confidence. You know, what story you tell yourself about why you are or not feeling sexy or confident is going to be the answer to why you're not feeling sexy or confident. And it is a thought disorder. Um, a, a lot of sexual attraction, a lot of confidence has to do with the beliefs you have in yourself. You know, also low self-confidence results in misunderstandings. You know, it's important in any relationship to be able to express what you need Maybe it's a desire to cuddle after sex or have some alone time at the end of the day to decompress. But if you don't share those needs because you're afraid of your partner's response, you'll become increasingly frustrated and they will just feel hurt or confused. Work on loving yourself enough so you can make those requests and deepen your connections. And loving yourself, once again, means saying no to things that hurt you, gathering things in your life that are good for you. If there are people that are not good for you, move on. Move on. Lessen their impact on you. If they're impacting your confidence, you don't need them in your relationship. And if you can't move them out of your life, move the power out of who they are. That means that you take them as they are each day and you don't read into their future impact on you and their past impact on you. You just look at them as a person and you deflate the power that you have given them. You know, more confidence means less drama. You know, have you ever heard a person complain uh, about their partner being too low maintenance? You know, chan chances are it's just the opposite. You know, when you feel secure, you're about who you are and what you have to offer. And uh, you don't have to walk on eggshells with people who are confident. And also, more confident equals fun because people that are confident feel better about themselves and they look for fun because they're not fixated on problems and, and, and crap like that that's going to destroy a relationship. You know, um, how your past has been always sets the stage for future relationships. You know, we, we always move towards the familiar when we're creating a relationship. We're, we're drawn toward what we know and are wired for connections. The, the key to creating health, healthy relationships is balance. Um, we all have wounds and feelings and validations that we want to be met, but we must be able to give a portion of validation back to ourselves so that we're entirely dependent or independent of external sources. So when you try to continue to seek validation in other people, then what you're going to do is you're going to have a low self-esteem because people are really crappy about giving validation. 
you know, one, one common way people express their unmet, unmet childhood needs by distancing themselves from partners, uh, you know, when a person distances himself in their relationship, they become aloof and uncaring. And but but the what they're really trying to do is detach themselves from the past and hide their emotions. You know, a person can express their insecurities through their relationship by being overtly needy. And uh, these individuals have a very difficult time calming themselves down and and practicing self-soothing techniques. You know, it's typical that someone that's overwhelmed by emotion is going to be overly needy. And, you know, by acting needy, these emotionally people end up overwhelming their partner, and that drives them away. So the way to address insecurities in relationship is, you know, make sense of your life story. We can't change our past. We can change our future, and we can change now. And our childhood experiences are were there because we were raised by people who were meant to raise us. But that doesn't mean they were God and goddesses. That just means that they were our parents, they did the best they could, and they tried to raise us. We also have to under, understand how to express our insecurities in our relationship. You know, we have to understand we have to own our life now. We have to own change now. We have to own it. We have to change so other people will see us the way we want them to see us. We also have to show self-compassion. You know, that, that doesn't mean we excuse all of our frailties, but what it does mean is we have to understand where our frailties came from and how they have formed bad habits in our life. We also have to practice a lot of self-care, and that includes exercise. That includes uh, fulfilling hunger and thirst in a healthy way. And, and it, it, it can make a big difference in how we see ourselves. If we see ourselves control our body and shape our body the way we like it, then we feel self-worth. So, if uh, identifying low self-esteem in yourself can be uh, like you feel compelled to check your phone when you left your, uh, you know, when you're left alone in social situations, you're unable to leave the house looking like crap. Um, you tell white lies to keep the peace and avoid conflict, keep your job. Uh, these are very strong uh, identifiers of a person who has low, low self-esteem. Also, in stressful situations, you're reaching for substances or sex. Uh, you mind-read other people. And, you know, the deal is you've got to stop these behaviors. You have got to handle it. And you can handle it. And you, you don't want to turn to substances. You, you don't want to mind read. Uh, you don't want to, to uh, compel to check your phone when you're left alone. Try sitting alone with your phone and not go to it. But if you want to fix your self-esteem, you want to be authentic. You want to, you want to grant yourself permission to make mistakes and learn from them. You want to take responsibility for your actions and talk, start talking about I rather than you or they. You want to help other people. And you want to immerse yourself in whatever you decide to do. Quit worrying about your choices. You know, uh, it's important to tell, you know, take an inventory of your self-esteem. You can fix things that are not working for you. If you have a lot of negative dialogue about yourself, what you want to do is set realistic expectations and change those absurd expectations into real reality, what you can do now, and set a course to fix yourself. 
and you replace words, negative words, with positive words. And instead of you know being critical of people, start being complimentary of people and finding, working hard to find the good in others. And you also must be willing to adjust your self-image today in this moment because this is where the meaning of your life is in this very moment. So that's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show, and it will be the last of this season, is The Healing Power of Humor. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGB at uh, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. I've also uh, started a new Kickstart program on kickstarter.com uh, to fund this show, Absurd Psychology, and you may want to go to that. And if you want to help and contribute, that would be a great thing. So remember, most people with low self-esteem have earned it. That comes from George Carlin. Also, low self-esteem is like driving through life with your handbrake on. And that is the truth. I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening to the show on low self-esteem. I've packed it probably too full of information. And uh, once again, the healing power of humor will be next week. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.